0: This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network.
1: Today on episode number 639 of The School of Podcasting, I got one of the nastiest comments I've ever received, and there was really one big problem. They were right. So we're talking a little branding today, and we also have some tips on merchandise from James at T Public. Hit it, ladies!
0: The School of Podcasting
1: with Dave
0: Jackson.
1: Podcasting since 2005, I am your Hall of Fame award-winning personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where I help you massage your message. I help you tackle that technology, face your fears, and flatten the learning curve. In a nutshell, I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com if you would like to start a podcast Please go to the newly redesigned schoolofpodcasting.com/slash start and use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and that will save you 20% off on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And don't forget, if you want, you can order the classes a la carte. Today is episode number 639. And in our last episode, which yeah, you guessed it, 638, I said I was going to do something stupid. And I was using the example of Colin Kaepernick, who is this football guy that is standing up for his beliefs. And he's talking about injustice. And he's a really polarizing figure. My point was the fact that. He needs a podcast because with that, you can control the conversation. And this is a great reason to start a podcast. I was listening to Mark Marin interview Anna Faris, and here's they were talking about why they started their podcast.
0: Isn't that why you started a podcast it is sort of like the sort of I know it sounds grandiose, but the idea of human exploration.
2: Kind of. I mean, why did you start yours?
0: For that, for, well, for a number of reasons, I really wanted—I um, wanted a sense of control of my own narrative, but—but but more what,
2: career-wise or in general?
0: I just in in general. I, but I.
1: So again, she's trying to control the narrative, and that's all episode six thirty-eight was about. And I was kind of surprised. I, I got a little bit of feedback on that, but I really thought that had the potential to blow up in my face, and so far. It hasn't. Now, I'll know more this week when I see the downloads for this episode to see if anybody unsubscribed. But also, speaking of episode 638, which, of course, you can find at com slash 638, I had some people go, hey, Dave, when you interviewed the guy from Squadcast, which is this cool tool that allows you to record interviews that sound great, the guy from the company whose goal is to help you record great audio, had audio that sounded like caca poo poo. And what it was behind the scenes. Now, I interviewed Zach. Zach's a super nice guy. He's the coder of the crew. And his brother, who is the co-founder of the company, is the audio nerd. And the audio nerd took their ATR21100 microphone And, uh, yeah, didn't let Zach know. So they, we went to do the interview and Zach kind of said, you know, we probably should have postponed that. And maybe in hindsight, yeah, we could have. And before we get to episode six, three, nine, we're going to talk about branding today a little bit and how somebody kind of kicked me where it counts. But I want to talk about podcastguest.com. Now, today I'm talking about branding a little bit, and I could have easily gone out to podcastguest.com and done a quick search and found Greg Corey. And right there it says, Hey, I love to talk to audiences about how creating better branding for themselves and their products can skyrocket their sales. It took all of about, I don't know, three seconds to find Greg. And the other cool thing about this, when you go to podcastguest.com, is those people want to be on podcasts. You don't have to explain them what it is, none of that. So this is a great way for a couple things. Podcast guests will feature your podcast to its over 6,500 users to find qualified guests that meet your requirements. And you can also find 200 expert guests anytime in their directory at podcastguest.com slash directory. So whether you're looking to be a guest or if you're looking to find guests for your show, this is the place to go. Podcastguest.com SOP. And thanks to podcastguest.com for sponsoring the School of Podcasting. All right. Last week, schoolofpodcasting.com 638 I said I was going to be what some people feel is controversial, which it really wasn't. But you never know these days what's going to set people off. So when I woke up and saw a comment, I thought, oh, here we go. And what's interesting about this, and I'm going to have to embellish on some of this. And the other thing I have to try really hard not to do is the person commented on my typos. And in the process of doing that, there are typos in his reply. It's hard not to point that out. And we'll talk about that in a second. And so some of this, he's talking about how things were spelled. So I'm going to spell those out, even though he didn't do that in this case. And the guy's name is Mark Doyle. And here's what he said. And actually let's add, can we add some sad music? Maybe something with a cello. There we go. What is offending is not the episode, but rather your poor grasp on basic spelling and grammar throughout many pages on this website. By the way, if you want to sound like an authority, please learn basic spelling and grammar or hire someone in parentheses Fiverr to do it for you. How do you have an education degree when this is how you write and communicate? By the way, In the subtitle, Freedom of Speech is Not Freedom from Consequences, the word speech, which I unfortunately spelled S P E A C H, is spelled S P E E C H. Any sixth grader knows that, and certainly a college graduate should know that as well. It's not that hard at least have your written copy proofread by someone who does know how to spell and write decently before publishing it to the world. Jeez, I think that is pretty basic. How, again, can you confidently charge $200 an hour for consulting when you have such poor spelling and grammar skills in your written web copy? You are a joke, sir. What college granted you a degree when you consistently cannot write legibly? And are you tying? That's what he says. T-Y-I-N-G. Again, I can't help but point out the fact that there are typos in his comment about typos. But moving on. And are you trying to sell yourself as an expert? Please. I will say again. Please. What is he? James Brown? Please. 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 Anyway, I digress. At least hire someone to cover your mistakes and not try to promote yourself as some sort of expert. You'd look like a damn fool, sir. Ooh, zing. I got to tell you, that stung a little bit. But on the other hand, I am the guy that does the podcast rodeo show. And at times I share my honest opinion.
2: On today's show, I read a listener's story about oh. almost running over a ghost with his car.
0: Jeff and I discuss trying to track down the Lincoln Funeral Train phenomenon. We also talk about ghost hunting at the Rose Hotel.
1: Okay, I'm going to break in here. Normally, I would quit right now. That sounds like you're in a bathroom two miles away. That's some bad audio. And I went, all right, all right, easy there, fella. We're Okay. And uh, so I sent Mark Doyle an email because, of course, when you leave a comment, I have my WordPress set up that you have to put in an email. Now, granted, it doesn't force you to put one that actually works. But Mark put his in, which, you know what? Kudos to him. He put his name on it. And so I sent him an email that said, Dear Mark. Now, first of all, I will back up and say this. I probably shouldn't have sent this within 30 minutes of reading that. Not a good idea. But here's what I did, because I was like, you know what? He's got a point. And that's part of today's podcast. Today's episode is he has a point. But I wanted him to realize kind of the magnitude of his words. So I sent him an email and I said, dear Mark, thanks for the comment. My apologies for the typos. You're right. I'm a damn fool and a joke of a human being. Dave. And I sent that off again that it was hard not to be snarky and go, oh, by the way, you know, I wanted to say, do you know, that proofread is one word and certainly is spelled wrong, as is the word tying, trying, whatever you're trying to say there. And if you look at it, I didn't do that. I wanted to, but I didn't. And Mark replied to me and said, I would like to take a moment and apologize for my comments and harsh criticisms. It was unwarranted and, all called for and uncalled for and not like me at all to post something like that. Please accept my apologies. Best of luck to you, sir. So I sent him an email. I said, hey, you know what? No problem, buddy. And the other thing is he had a point. What happens when your audience is right? And the other thing you have to keep in mind is sometimes you have no idea what is going on behind the scenes. I mentioned in a a previous episode about how I was upset. There's a, a program called the word from mouth. And this guy had a VC on, And she was saying about how there's no stats in podcasting. And I was like, why did you not go? Hello, we have better stats than radio and newspaper and everybody else. And uh, the guy said, yeah, it's kind of a point. Uh, You know, I just had a baby. It's three weeks old. And I went, "Okay, there you go. Sometimes you don't know what's going on. And this is where I always try to understand before being understood. And so I completely accept uh, Mark's apology. And now here's the point. Uh, Mark made a really good point in a really crappy way. So, Dave, how did this happen? Well, usually I take my show notes, I copy them. I type my show notes, by the way, right in WordPress. And then I throw them into Microsoft Word, run spell check. And in theory, uh, I'm using this thing called Grammarly, by the way, which I love. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash Grammarly. Or I'll have a link out in the show notes at school of dot com slash six three nine. And Grammarly is a little bit like Microsoft Word on steroids. It finds stuff that Microsoft Word does not. So normally when I'm just typing along, it looks like somebody is bleeding on my page because things turn red and I fix it. And I had not noticed. Maybe I just thought I was I was just that good that things weren't getting caught anymore. Well, it's because somehow behind the scenes, I had logged out of Grammarly and it wasn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Hence the typos were getting through. And this is not the new. I am somewhat known for this. Now, here's the fun thing, right? You can, when somebody brings something to you, I could A, turn around and go, well, look at him. He's got typos in his comment. Just credit the source. I could also go, well, it's not fair. I do my show notes an hour, maybe a half hour before I publish, because that's my workflow. I type up my show notes, and then I record based off of bullet points in my show notes, and then I post it. My wor- It used to be worse. I would type my show notes as I was uploading my episode. And let's think about that a second. Is that the only way I can do this? And I could say, well... You know, I do my podcast on Sunday and, you know, I've got to do it. And la la la, la. Well, hold on a second. Uh, this saying is from like 1855. I felt like Emily in the story behind. There's more than one way to skin a cat. That's from some old play or movie or something like that. It's a weird saying. Bernie would be highly offended if he was here. But there's more than one way to record a podcast. There's more than one workflow here. Obviously, I already changed my workflow once. And it dawned on me, I said, you know what, what if I typed my show notes? Because I usually, my my typical week is by Thursday, I know what's going to happen. Now, sometimes something will throw me a curveball and I'll have to fix something in the last minute. I really, really, really wish I was one of those guys that had a couple in the can, but I'm not. And a lot of times that's so that I can cover breaking news or things of that nature, but I don't. I don't have one ahead of time, but I could say, look, if, if I have my idea flushed out on Thursday, by Saturday, at least on Saturday, I could type up my show notes, have 24 hours where I don't look at it, come back with a fresh set of eyes. You know what? That's an option. I have to kind of twist some things around a little bit, Now, another option I could do is shorter show notes. Hey, if I type less, there's less chance of me making a typo. And for me, I just always say I want to have at least 300 words. Well, if I look at my show notes right now, I have 1,485 words in my show notes. Getting to the point, not my strong suit. And plus, for me, that's more Google juice, the more words. And I'm not a big fan of transcripts. Uh, I understand the point, but... You don't read like you or we don't talk like we we write. And we don't write like we talk. So to me, transcripts are too much work. And so. If I uh, if I wanted to. I could if I push things back on Thursday, I could actually hire someone to look over my posts. But if I did that, if I if I knew my idea on Thursday, typed them up, gave them to somebody that would give them 48 hours to proofread it and send them back. So that's an option. So this is not an unsolvable issue. It just means I can't keep doing what I've always been doing. And here's part of this. Now I'm, I'm somewhat worried about talking about this because right now I have people that, uh, that obsess over every little thing about their podcast. Sometimes it's, it's not things that you need to obsess over. we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, but your podcast is your brand. And in looking up different items about what makes a good brand, I kept seeing things that I saw that where I had dropped the ball. So, for example, a a branding mistake is neglecting public perception. Because the public's perception of your brand, it may not be the rosiest, but instead of chalking it up to, well, bad luck or pointing fingers that's when it's time to get serious about turning that frown upside down. And what I mean by this is perception is reality. Uh, If you've ever been married and your wife thinks your or your spouse, I guess your spouse thinks that you're a robot and you're not an emotional person. And it doesn't matter how many times you, you, that's her perception. That's their perception and you have to deal with that. So perception is reality and you have to worry about how people perceive you. It's your brand. There was another article and I did a lot of research on that that said not providing a great brand experience. And brand experience is is not only let's get technical here. It's not only about your stuff, but also your website experience and every other touch point where customers come in contact with your brand. Think about it. Uh, we've had people have serious problems just on what they said on Twitter. Twitter's not their website, but it's part of their brand. And many savvy consumers judge credibility by grammar and attention to detail. So that's that's what I'm worried about. We want to worry about details But we can't worry so much that we paralyze ourselves in fear. So I thought about this and why branding matters is when you have these little things, if you start getting sloppy, if your podcast, let's say you you have a weird, I don't know, 45 second blank spot in the middle of your podcast and you just leave it there because for the record, you can go back and change that. You might value Quantity over quality when you get sloppy, right if somebody sees my typo and they go, well, obviously this guy doesn't care he's just he's just spewing stuff, okay, you might appear to be irresponsible, you might appear to be uncaring, well, they don't care about me, they don't even proofread and it may come across that your audience, in the case of typos believes that in my case, I think they're stupid. Dave they must think I'm stupid because he must think I'm not going to notice that you spelled the word speech wrong. I, as I was going through my website, and I am going through my website now that I realized that this has been off for who knows how long, I misspelled the word because of my podcast. Now, for the record, because is one of those words. It's just, do you have these words? It's one of those words I know how to spell, B-E-C-A-U-S-E, And I type it wrong about 70% of the time. I don't know why. I just go dyslexic on that. I type it B-E-C-U-A-S-E. Don't know why. Uh, But so your audience might feel like, man, this is oof. It may come across that you're not the most intelligent person on the planet. Because everybody, you got it. Every sixth grader knows how to spell speech. Well, apparently not. And so... Branding matters, these little things. I just went to a restaurant last night. I haven't been there in a while. I really love their salads, but their help is slow. It takes forever to get a waitress and it takes, it's actually quick once you get your order taken. But I always wonder like what card game is going on in the back that it takes forever for them to you know, come out and take my order. And what's worrisome in podcasting is all you have to do is whatever it is on your apps, Swipe, left, delete, unsubscribe, and they're gone. The other thing you have to keep in mind with branding, the internet writes in ink. And while you know many blunders appear on the news and you're like, holy cow, and it seems like the next day there's another holy cow moment, don't plan on everyone's short attention span. Uh, right now, We've had a couple. Uh, Louis C.K. is basically a sex offender. Chick-fil-A is, still has the kind of uh, reputation of being homophobic. Uh, Uber, uh, the one guy, even though he quit, is still kind of seen as a not a great place to work and a place that maybe doesn't treat their employees well. Uh, then there are places like Target and Facebook who have had data breaches. And there are many other companies that have had topics that leave a black eye on them. And sometimes people don't forget. And so this is why the little things do matter. Now there is part of people that want to go, well, Dave, you know, it's just a podcast. And mm, I understand because there are times when I want to go, you know what, it's just a podcast, put it out there. But on the other hand, if I want to see podcasting grow, out of the minor leagues, then we have to kind of banish that. Well, it's just a podcast. It's one of those things I can see both sides of that. And there are things now. There are people that are getting radio jobs. There are people that are getting TV shows. Emily Prokop from the Story Behind Podcast, her book is coming out, I believe, this week or next week. How cool is that? And if we treat ourselves as, well, we're just a podcast. That's a problem. And we end up with a stereotype that I've seen two videos.
0: Statistically speaking, every man, woman, and child in the world now has their own podcast. Podcasts give everyone who has something to say a platform to say it on. And even if people have nothing to say, podcasts allow them to say a lot of it for at least an hour at a time.
1: So if perception is reality, that's not good. And so I was listening to... Pat Flynn. And I was reading all these articles about building your brand and they kind of said, you need to, you need to develop a brand strategy and understand your business objectives and shift focus to that instead of designing a beautiful logo that won't work. And I realized that for many of you, your business strategy may be, Hey, guess what? This is not a business. I just want to connect with my high school buddies and talk about eighties movies by all means. You can do that, but does that mean you can blow off your brand? I, I don't. I wouldn't recommend doing that. And so, I was listening to Pat Flynn, and he brought up something, and I thought, you know what? This kind of ties into branding. He talks about, and for the record, this is out of his book "Will It Fly," which I love. I really think if you're launching a podcast, part of it should be reading platform by Michael Hyatt. And then you should read Will It Fly by Pat Flynn. But he talks about the four P's and he says, this is what you should do. And this is kind of what I talk about all the time. Number one, the first P places you want to create a list of all the places where your target audience exists. Now, this isn't just, you know, Moe's Tavern or wherever it could be offline and online. So for me, I go to conferences, I go to meetups, I go to events, I hang out in Facebook groups. It could. I need to get into Reddit. I don't do Reddit much, but I need to live, eat, breathe where my audience is. And my goal is to kind of tell you the eye color of my target audience. That's the best. So it's not just in person. You can also look at what publications do they read, uh, those kind of things. He actually had a great tip. If you go to, let's say I'm doing a, sh- a podcast about crocheting. I can go out to Amazon, do a search on crocheting and look at the negative reviews. Why? Because that person is going to tell you, hey, this book doesn't do blah, blah, blah. You want to make sure that you include whatever they're complaining is missing because it inspired them enough to get off the couch or get on their phone or whatever and say, hey, I needed this and you didn't do it. I really thought that was a great tip. So the first one is places. The second one is people. Look at the people in your space who already have a following. And you don't do this to rip them off, but to see what is working. And then you can also see what they're covering. So I'm looking at places. I'm looking at people and then look at products make a list of all the products and you probably want to write down their their prices now pat recommends doing this in an excel spreadsheet that would work and then when you know every place where people hang out and where they congregate and you know the people in your space and what they're doing and what is working and you know the products that are available what you can maybe do then is figure out what position Am I in like what's left? What little niche can I talk about? And I hear podcaster after podcaster that says, you know what? I was listening to all these podcasts, but they weren't talking about what I wanted to talk about. And I don't want to get too far off of branding here, but here's something to think about. If you're, we're kind of inching into selecting your podcast topic, but here's something to think about. Is this a topic that has a large audience? Like, how many people total? If you, if you polled the world and said, How many people like this topic? How many people are there? And then look and how many of those people are rabid about this topic? Like, Oh my gosh, I love to talk about that. And then ask yourself, Well, how passionate am I about this topic? And I, I love this example, Pop Tarts. Who doesn't love Pop-Tarts? Man, if we're talking brown sugar cinnamon, I am down. Even though we all know they're really unhealthy, a lot of people love Pop-Tarts. Okay, great. But is that a great podcast topic? Like, should I start the Pop-Tart podcast? Because depending on what your goal is of your podcast, you know, and then how passionate are you? Well, I I will eat a Pop-Tart occasionally, but I don't eat them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So... Those are some things to think about in terms of your brand and finding out how do I figure out where I fit into this. Now, another article I read said that 23% of consumers say they would stop using a brand after a bad experience. Holy cow, 23% say, uh uh-uh, uh, sorry. And in that report, they were talking about things like rude employees. Now, I realize we're not a restaurant, we're not Home Depot. And things like that. But here are some of the things that they kept talking about the brand experience. What kind of experience are people doing? And I was like, you know what? There are a lot of pieces, parts that lead to your your listeners experience. And that could be your intro and outro. A lot of people really, really just blow the intro. And if you don't believe me, go to podcast dot com. That's a show I do. I started it as a joke and it, it just keeps on going where I listen to, to the beginning of people's podcasts and it's amazing. Uh, some of them are bad because of audio quality. They've got a blue Yeti in the middle of the table, unfortunately in a state, two States away and they're still using it. So audio quality, in some cases your logo, I'm actually having uh, the logo of the school of podcasting redone. And what I'm doing is I'm getting someone who actually does logos like for a living Now that means I'm going to put out some money for that, but we're working through some things and I'm actually going to be doing a rebrand here, probably sometime in 2019. And the reason for that, by the way, if you look at the microphone on the School of Podcasting logo, that does not say, put me on a t-shirt. Your voice is part of your brand, your tone, your accent. And here's the fun thing. There's not much you can do about that. And so if somebody doesn't like your voice, too bad. There are, plenty, there are only eight bazillion other people on the planet. Now, another thing, your grammar. So if I say I are a college graduate, some people may tune out. It's true. How quickly you get to your topic. Are you making me listen to your story about your cat and how it ate your French toast? And, you know, I move the relevancy of your advertisements if you have them. I occasionally will have advertisements on this show, mainly because I'm rewriting my book, More Podcast Money. That will probably be coming out in 2019. I've kind of pushed it back a little bit, have some other projects that I'm working on. But I'm really picky on who I will have on this show. That's, that's something I do, and I try to keep them short and to the point. Another one is volume levels. This is part of the experience of consuming your show. And by this, I don't mean it's too loud or too soft. Although there are shows I've listened to that are too quiet and I'm walking. I remember when I was walking my dog in Cleveland and it wasn't a super busy street, but I couldn't hear it because the cars were drowning out the, the voices. And so, but the one that really kills me is when you have somebody who's really loud and then your guest comes on and they're really not loud and you have to constantly grab the volume knob. And, uh, of course, the quality of your content. Are you boring? Sometimes we are. Uh, and then, of course, your show notes. We actually did a whole episode where a lot of us said, I didn't even look at him. Well, apparently Mark Doyle does. And he had a bad experience. It was so bad that it took him away from the content. He was like, and what did it do? How can you be an expert? How can you be an expert? I almost think he had more of a problem with my hourly rate. And I also want to go, uh, Mark, number one, I don't have one degree. I have two. (laughs) And and the other one I want to point out is uh, I'm not training people in writing. I'm training people on how to start a podcast, how to create content that will inspire their audience to share it. Uh, I'm not teaching people how to write. That would be absurd, my friend. But like I said, I'm I'm worried about this episode because we should care about our brand and we should worry about the little stuff. And I am now looking more at the little stuff than I was. And for that, I think Mark, he he was kind of a, a polite smack in the face. And Mark is not the first. So if you are a person that said, Dave, I told you about your typos back in 2012. Yep. that's sad. And I have taken steps. Like I said, I had a system that was pretty good and it just, um, I love Grammarly, but somehow I logged out of it and didn't notice it. So there are people that are freaking out about little things that don't matter. You know, what kind of font should I use on my artwork or what theme for my website? And in some way, and I like, this will hold them up for months looking for the absolute best font. Now marketing people will go, well, yes, you don't move forward without the right font. And There's part of me that just wants to go, yeah, but then you're never going to launch and you're not going to help anybody. You're not going to inspire anybody. You're not going to make anybody laugh or entertain them if your files are sitting on your hard drive. That's just not going to work. And so I understand that all of that is your brand. If you try to wait until everything is 100% perfect, you will never start your podcast. And keep in mind, you can change your brand. Dunkin' Donuts is changing their brand to Dunkin'. Now, I don't know what you're dunking. I have no idea, but they're changing that. And also realize, did you know this? Are you ready for this? If there are children in the car, you might want to pause this because I'm going to say a word. Are you ready for this? Starbucks used to have boobies. That's right. You heard me. Boobies in their logo. Like the original one, the mermaid. Wow. I was like, really? Because like even back then, people were more uptight than they are now. And there were boobies in a Starbucks. What? I couldn't believe that. So you can always change your brand. Sometimes it's smart and sometimes it's a, a not so great idea. But what I want you to take away from this today is, number one, from time to time, you may get some negative feedback. That's probably the most stinging feedback I've received. And really, it wasn't that bad. Uh it's not as bad as YouTube. YouTube is brutal from what I understand. And some of the feedback you receive may be constructive and some of it may be not. It's hard to fix. You suck. Okay, thank you. Can you be a little more specific, please? But today my point is no matter who it comes from, you need to ask yourself, do they have a point? Is this true? And in my case, Mark Doyle, he had a good point, and I thank him for that, and I have made changes to help avoid that. In the future. Now, Mark is going to be at the Ice House in Pasadena this Sunday. And in addition to Mark being a comic, he is also the host of a popular podcast.
2: Oh, hold on. There is no such thing as a popular podcast. Ooh, zing. Sorry, but actually, I got a pretty good listener base. And, you know, I used to do radio, but uh, I prefer podcasting a lot more freedom.
1: Oh, so you prefer not to make money? And since we're talking about merch, and since uh, that woman just mentioned making money, I have an old interview. Forgot I had this. This is James from T Public. It's actually from the last day of Podcast Movement. We are in the vendor slash I think uh, teacher room. It's as you'll hear, a little noisy. And uh, James gives us some insights, maybe some ideas on how you can get more merch sales about your podcast. Okay.
2: So you're going to school me on what
0: I can do with my merch. Yeah, merch is like it's like everything else you do in your life. With podcasting, if you post one show and then never post another one, or don't let anybody know your show exists, nothing's ever going to
2: happen with your show. It's, it's not, if I build it, they will come, no? No,
0: and no. that is possibly the most detrimental phrase ever crafted for anything. No, but the reality is with merch, it's like everything else you do with podcasting where you're creating content every single week and your merch can be a reflection of that in today's world because it is no cost. There are no minimum orders. So say you say something in an episode and you see a bunch of social commentary or your Facebook group blows up about it, you can then go go find a graphic designer or if you are a graphic designer, if you know how to use Photoshop, Make a quick word shirt, upload it, and test, and just let people know. Keep people engaged by keeping the content relevant to what your show is about. So every single new episode you have, you're going to have things that really resonate. You say smart things, Dave. I, I I know you don't believe it, but you do. And those things, most of the time, would work pretty well on merch. And so it's incorporating that into your story. And at the same time, getting your fans, getting the people that are listening to us right now, they should be involved.
2: Uh, again, okay, so besides merch, like what, what, I know I have t-shirts, what else can I make? Phone cases,
0: laptop cases, tote bags, mugs, tapestries, wall art, including art prints, canvas, posters. Really? Yeah. How big is the wall art? We go up to um, three feet by four feet.
2: That's cool. So you could have, like, instead of having whatever, pictures of Aunt Betsy in the background when you're doing your YouTube video, you could have a big, giant poster of your wall art. You could have a canvas
0: print that looks like it was painted of the School of Podcasting logo
2: on your wall. All right, now you got me thinking. Because I have a big empty wall in my living room. I'm just trying to think if that's like a total like ego move when people walk into the living room and see the school of podcast. I'm thinking the history of Six Shooter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is that what basically people are doing? Is they're just trying to tie in a, a new piece of merch? Mir- mir- I can, okay, my mouth is not going to work this much. A piece of merch, very good, into every episode? So there are a lot of
0: people that do that, but it's very up to the content creator. So we have some people who have been very successful by every month choosing a thing that they love and featuring it. It's really up to you. You're the content creator. Your fans love what you do. They listen to you every week, almost religiously. Like, it is something that your fans engage with. So when you're talking about creating content, you want to create things that appeal to you. So, if you're thinking, you know what, I wouldn't want to buy a t-shirt every week. Right. Don't make a t-shirt every week. But if you're thinking, I think once a month I should come out with a new design, that's a great way to do it. It's very much up to your promotion schedule, what you want, what you want to do, and what your fans most specifically want. Because the most important thing you can do is get your fans involved. So one of the things one of our most successful podcasts does is they will pull their Facebook group and say, hey, what are the 10 catchphrases you love that we do? And that tends to lead to designs, and you immediately know all those people are going to buy it because you asked them what they wanted to buy. And so it's just getting your fans involved in the story, and then once once they have it, Get them to share it on social media, get them to talk about it, get them involved in the conversation in a very public way. Because every single person who buys your shirt is your ambassador. They are your brand. And so getting them to share it with the world, share it with each other, talk about it, is the best way to make sure that they're going out in the world proud that they're wearing that shirt. I was actually talking to Sarah Werner um, from Girl in Space. And one of her fans was in Austin, Texas, was at the grocery store wearing her hashtag no murdering shirt. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And was walking through the aisle and somebody else walked up to her and was like, girl in space. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. So if you have 100,000 people that are listening to you, chances are there's more than one in any given city.
2: Now, what if I'm not sure about a design? Do you have anything that can, like, let's say I have two designs, I can't decide on the perfect one. Is it A, just put them both out? Or do you have any kind of, like, I know some people will say, well, have your audience vote on the favorite one. That gets them more involved. Do you have anything that would help me test it, or?
0: Yeah, you, because it's free to upload, you're free to test. And you're free to continue testing. So it's. You may come up with an entire design series in your head. You're like, the fans are going to love this. You publish the first two designs. Nobody nobody looks at them. Yeah. And you know what? That's fine. Table it. Move on to the next one. You can retest again later. Because one of the things is it's, it's an open platform. It's something where you have the ability to inter- iterate and build your portfolio, as it were, with your show. And so maybe that design series didn't work out now but 2 years from now you're going to be doing a series of shows that really
2: match with that and it will be the perfect time to bring those designs out. I know I have a store you can like, with all my designs can I embed just like one t-shirt in like a post or do I always have to point them at my
0: You can embed one t-shirt and post the your partner links that you use. Are updated dynamically, so they will update to any page that you want people to go to. So if you want to talk about a specific shirt, then you can say, okay, lay we're at Podcast Movement now. Say you'd come up with a Podcast Movement shirt. If you wanted to say, here's my Podcast Movement shirt, and you sent that direct out, you could send people directly to that link.
2: Okay, cool. Uh, price-wise, what are we... What's a, what's a good price on a T-shirt? How do people figure out what to charge? So the great thing with T-Public is we actually
0: we fix our prices because we know what sells. We've been in the business for 14 years. We've been helping content creators for 14 years. We know what it takes to sell and what, what the right pricing is for that sort of shirt. That said, if you aren't using T-Public... And there are many podcasters out there who aren't, who are listening right now. It's very much the same thing as with the designs, where it's test. Figure out what you need as far as your own margin, what your goals are for it. If your goals are reach, then you can price it a little lower. If your goals are monetization, you can price it a little higher. And then if your fans don't buy it a little higher, you can... Start decreasing the price, and if your fans are buying it like gangbusters when it's lower, say, okay, let's do a special edition
2: run of shirts that are at a higher price. Right. Supply and demand. Yeah. Interesting. I know right now the shirt I have has just a design on the front. Is there ever an option to put anything on the back? Next year. Next year. Very cool. What else is
0: coming down the pike? So we've actually got a lot of exciting things happening right now. So, um... For our network partners, we've un- released our, we have released an API that we're rolling out. Um, we also have new sizes coming out. So I don't know how much you know about our sizing, but we have sizes small to 5XL. And in women's, we're um, extra small to 3XL. Okay. So we are always coming out with new sizes. We're looking at 4XL, 5XL, and a few things. And we also have some new products coming out next year. I can't really quite tell you about it, but... Stay tuned for future (laughs) updates. And for those of you who are in Europe, we have just started our England factory. So we have a factory in England, so now you can get next-day shipping in the UK. And much faster and much cheaper shipping
2: through the rest of Europe. Nice. Well, you've kind of already said best practices. This will be edit point one because I'm, I'm trying to figure out what else I should ask you here.
0: Well, the big thing that I think a lot of podcasters really are uncomfortable with in a lot of cases and need... And really, it's a good thing to practice is the idea of selling without selling. So you're... Nobody wants to be the person sitting there with their fans, unless if this is your brand. If, you're, if you have the Hustler brand and you're out there going, I can sell anything, you know what? Your fans will buy that. But the reality is, if your brand is, I like to go on and talk about interesting things, then selling isn't natural to that. And so key thing with that is saying, look, I made these because I like them. And I put them out there for you to buy because I would love if we could partner together to support this show. Because your purchase helps me
2: keep the lights on, keep things moving. One other question I have. Okay, let's say I have patrons. Yep. And if you join at a certain level, is there any discount? Like, Can I buy a shirt at cost and then ship it to somebody?
0: Absolutely. So we can do wholesale, Anywhere from 24 units all the way up to 5,000. Oh, nice. So, and we can do more than 5,000. I'm just going to need a little bit of lead time. Just a little bit.
1: You know. Thanks again to James. For more information, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash tpublic. And you probably heard me say, ah, this is going to be edit point one. And then, well, I didn't edit that out because I actually liked what he said after that. But that just goes to show you that when you do an interview... You can kind of just do that. Like, hold on a second. I need to get my brain around this. And I just decided to leave that in there. But I know my buddy, uh, Master Cauldron from Cauldron's Crypt, he has this cool, it's almost like a big giant blanket of his logo. And uh, he uses that. He drapes it over a bookcase when he does video. It actually looks really cool. So they're much more than t-shirts. So as we get ready to head out the door, let's remember when you get a negative remark, that person may just have had a bad day. So don't go too crazy on that. And sometimes you'll get somebody who wants to steer your show in a way that you're like, I'm not doing that. But in some days they might actually make a really good point. Even if they do it in kind of a hurtful way, you need to kind of step back from that. I know easier said than done. You may think that there's only one way to produce your show. You know, I was saying, Hey, I do mine on Sunday night. This is well, yeah, there's probably maybe be other ways of doing that. So, If you're kind of stuck with this is how I do my show and I can't bend, you can probably bend. There may be other options. I know some people are like, look, I've only got X amount of hosting and I want to do that. Well, you could make your show shorter. You could change your exporting format. There are all sorts of things you could do to uh, change things up. So you're not always stuck. Remember, you are in control with your podcast. That's one of the cool things about it. We need to think about the listener experience, and sometimes that means paying attention to the little things. I know I was actually, uh, I, I used to, again, years ago, used to get a lot of thing about typos. And when I switched to Grammarly, I, that really cut down almost to none. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash Grammarly, and I'll have a link to all this stuff out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 639. And like I said, when you do make a mistake, all you can do is learn what you can from them, and take steps to ensure they don't happen again. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care, and God bless. Today is episode nine. What was that? Today? But really, does that mean you should blow off your brand? I, I'm about uh, your brand. What was that? Come on, Mouth.